<laughs> Thanks, Chris. Hi, everybody. Mike Hancock here, Chairman of the Circle of Excellence Group, and welcome to our meeting today. I'm going to take a, a little bit of a different spin on diversity because I, I've been viewing diversity for many, many years, and it's so funny because these days I hear a lot of ladies say they want to get into the women's market, and I sort of think, well, you've missed it by 15 years because um, the women's market really started happening, say, in 2005, and that was quite a diverse place back in 2005. You know, somebody was going to do women's stuff only. I mean, are they serious? Is it really going to work? Well, it worked, and it worked hugely and probably will continue to work for the next 10 or 20 years as a separate product. Interestingly on that, 83% of all non-fiction books are actually um, bought by women. So if you're writing a non-fiction book, then um, instead of saying, you know, 10 great ways to make money online, just add the words for women on the back of it, and you'll probably score most of the marketplace there because that's what's buying. So diversity is a, a very, very intriguing subject. And, you know, is it black and white? Is it religious? Um, is it just the way in which we see the world? Um, is it vaxxed, non-vaxxed? You know, we've seen all different types of diversity. So I'm going to dig into a discussion this morning um, with everybody that's live on the call. And if you're listening, you'll have your own opinion later on as to what some of the things are that diversity is really about. And before that, what we're going to do is we're going to look at basically this and we're going to intrigue the, uh, the people online here because I want your help with this subject. I'm not saying that I've got all the help here. Um, we've got people on here from at least three or four different countries. So therefore, you will have your own opinions on diversity. So I'm really looking at diversity from my perspective as being something more than just race and ethnicity. Is it religion? Is it where you're from? Is it how you identify your gender? Is it sexual orientation? Is it abilities or disabilities? Is it the languages you speak? Is it ages? What is it? And as it say, says there, um, we're all safe here. Everybody's safe in this environment. So I'm gonna kick this off with by asking you guys on the call and asking you to share what is diversity the way in which you think about it. Who would like to share their own opinion? Feel free. I think of diversity as, as intersectionality, all of our different experiences um, that make us unique. Yep, so give us, uh, thanks Natasha, give me uh, an example of what you would consider some of those experiences as being that are relevant. Um, well, you might think about the ways that someone may um, may think about a prospect. So you may have different categories that you think about in terms of who your ideal client is. Um, it may be geographical background. I mean, you you touched on a lot of different categories in your uh, your slide before, and so um, it could be things like um, your income, whether you're an entrepreneur. Um, where you went to school, um, whether you have children. 
And those are just some of the things that I, that I think about. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you. Rowan said here where anyone differs from you on anything. And that's so fascinating because, you know, we've got a, an enlightened group of people that are, that are on these calls. There's no doubt about that. And yet, when you go to a conference and you see a diversity speaker, what do they generally speak on? Race, religion, you know, it's, it's very rarely gets much more than that, which is such a shame because the, you know, the words for diversity globally really is coming down to those fundamental things that have been with us for thousands of years. But really, it should be so much more than that. It should be the intricate tapestries of life. Um, Joni says personality diversity, how you think, how you feel, how you choose to act or not act. That's very true as well. And Stephanie says diversity only exists because of us putting something in boxes or categories. I like that as well, Stephanie. And it definitely can be somebody, some of us putting things in, in boxes or categories. I think the first time I really understood diversity was when I worked with um, an organization called the AFL. The AFL is the Australian Football League. It's a $6 billion industry in Australia. And um, some of you know that for the last 16 years or so, I've been uh, a founding board member of the Global Dialogue Foundation. Global Dialogue Foundation has a three-word mantra, which is unity in diversity. So it's finding the togetherness in everything that should separate us. And whilst it has a very, very broad mandate across the foundation, essentially it was set up with one aim, which was to bring the religions and cultures and leaders of the world together to talk um, rather than to, you know, just send out Twitters about each other or something like that. And through that work, I was led to meet the, the guy who at that stage, Andrew Demetrio, was in charge of the AFL, which is pretty much, for those of you that are here from South Africa, it's pretty much like being in charge of South African rugby. So, um, or from America, like being in charge of the NFL. So I met with Andrew and he said, we need more diversity. He said, you know, the, the AFL has players that are of Greek origin, that are of Italian origin, because in Australia, you know, their families moved here after the Second World War. So we have a lot of those. He said, you know, they're no more Italian or Greek than he is, and he's Greek, um, but he wasn't born in Greece. And he said, but they don't really have, and he said they've had a few Aboriginal players. And, you know, given the, the number of Aboriginals in Australia, they haven't had a lot. But he said, where's the Chinese? Where's the Asian players? You know, where are the Americans? Where are the South Americans? Where are the Europeans? He said, I want to make it more diverse than that. And we worked with one of the clubs, which was Essendon Football Club, with really helping them get a much more diverse portfolio of up-and-coming players in their, in their junior ranks. And that's when I really started to understand diversity, which was national diversity at that stage. And then that stage, I found myself um, working with and leading programs where I had monks in the room and the Hare Krishnas and uh, Catholic priests and imams and, and all this sort of stuff. And it was actually fascinating 
to watch how well all of these people got along in the room, you know, after the first half an hour, once, you know, the, the barriers came down. So it really was interesting. I'm going to take this discussion of diversity a little further in a second. Andrew says here, um, it's interesting because on the one hand, we're, we're encouraged to segment and market and target specific demographics, psychographics and other graphics, because to appeal to all of, of this, uh, to appeal to none, and yet diversity seems to be opposite to that. How do you square that circle? Right, great question, Andrew. Um, and I think the answer is as simple as you can't be everything to everybody. But the idea and the reason why when Chris asked me, um, what do you want to talk about on this? And I said diversity, the idea why I wanted to speak about this is because I'm wondering if we're not moving and becoming too insular. And it's not, um, it's not a question, Andrew, of breaking down the demographic psychographics and any other graphic whatsoever. It's a question of maybe having a relook at our overall strategy to see if we want to do things a little bit differently. And I'll tie that up at the, at the end of this uh, call. Philippe says, we need to define normal if we want to speak about diversity. How interesting. I mean, what is normal these days? Um, diversity of thinking and of mindset. And are we really accepting of diversity of thinking and mindset? That's a very, very interesting one because those have been challenged in the last couple of years. And with all of the pandemic stuff, our diversity of mindsets being challenged, our diversity of the way we see the world's being challenged, our diversity or our way we see leadership has been challenged. Um, so what is actually happening at the moment? Maybe we should become more open-minded. Right, let's, let's move on. I'm gonna ask you this question. Why is this subject important for you? And everything that we've discussed so far in the last 10 minutes, why is this important for you? So I see you've got a lot of opinions. Um, they're more generic than necessarily strong uh, opinions at this point. But let me ask the question, why is diversity important for you? Anybody like to share? So we've got people going to the chat. Let's have a look at that. Um, in creativity and innovation, diversity is often an asset. I think it's an asset in so many things. Um, you know, one of the greatest albums of all time was uh, by Paul Simon. And somebody's going to tell me the name of it because I've got a mental block on it. But it's basically his interpretation of African music. Um, so, you know, that's in embracing from somebody who was probably born in, you know, one of the uh, east side cities in, on America of African music. So I think that's a Graceland. Thank you very much, Andrew. Well done. Um, you know, a phenomenal uh, piece of music. Natasha says diversity improves product development process. So very, very mm. good. I, I like the way this is going because, you know, it's very similar to what Philippe said um, in that essentially, you know, it's a strong part of the, the assets for um, creativity and innovation. Phil, welcome to the call, Phil, and Happy New Year. Um, Philip says normal potentiality could be defined as anti-diversity. Oh, that's nice. 
normal potentiality could be defined as anti-diversity. Um, Philip, we've come into uh, possession of our first crystal skull. We've named him Roberto. We picked him up from a, a Mayan carver at an ancient site in Mexico. Um, if you haven't seen it, I'll send you a photo. I think you'll enjoy it because I've been telling Philip, who's a master sculptor himself, he should be sculpting some crystal skulls. Uh, and diversity in the way in which we see the world, I think, is important. We've become, particularly with being locked down and everything, a little bit more insular over the last couple of years. In fact, you know, whilst people are saying I need to be global, they're actually going a little bit more local. And is that what we want to do? Um, thanks, uh, Philip. Yeah, look, looks amazing on Facebook. Okay. So I think we've got some feedback from you that we're heading in the right direction here. The diversity is important because it gets your creative juices flowing. It starts to, to help you understand that there may be a, a market or a product or a service that you can develop that you haven't thought about at the moment. Joni says embracing diversity is hugely beneficial on many levels. As a behavioralist, team performance improved, improves with diverse mindsets. How true is that? Um, you know, we have to, to look no further than, than, say, Nazi Germany to see how destructive single mindsets can be. So more diversity in teams, I think, really, really helps. Let's move on. Do you have, do you have product and service diversity yourselves? So this is my question for everybody on this call. Do you feel you have product and service diversity? Do you even know what that is? Or do you feel that you've been constricting your product and service quite dramatically over recent times? Is that being planned or is that being something that's just happened? Let me ask the questions. And if you're listening to this call, just have a think about this. Maybe make some notes if you've got some paper near you. Um, do you have product and service diversity? Or are you so single-minded and, you know, hitting the... Henry Ford, you can have any color as long as it's black synopsis, that basically the market's moving away from what you're doing and you don't, haven't even realized it yet. Let's get some feedback going. What do people think about this question? Do you have product and service diversity? I'll have I'm tempted water to uh, answer maybe. Can you, can you hear me? Yes, fully, I can. Yeah, um, the answer is a little bit like a yes and a no at the same time. Um, I target very specific niche in the market, which are serial entrepreneurs. So that's extremely niche, extremely narrow. At the same time, in that specific market, I work with a whole diverse range of people uh, and industries and projects. So it's very, very diverse, but it's also, at the same time, it's extremely, extremely niche and very narrow in some aspects. Yeah, and as you're saying that, I, I tend to think that that's what we do. I think we, we deal with conscious leaders whose values are prosperity, freedom, and purpose, but they're all over the world and the types of things that they do can be incredibly diverse. So, um, so no two projects are all the same, but everything's the same, right? There's still a process that you have to go through. And this is an interesting thing. So let me throw this around with you, Philippe. So if I'm a serial entrepreneur, which is your niche, and I want to create a new range of luggage, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm client A, 
or if I'm client B and I'm a serial entrepreneur that wants to have create new flower vases that are suited for corporate spaces, is the process you take me through any different? At the core, the process is the same um, because the process is kind of a checklist. The idea is to de-risk the, the venture. The entry point could be very different. Uh, I have three legs in my process and I have therefore three entry points. Sometimes we start with the product itself, sometimes we start with the marketing and sometimes we start with the business, like the financials. So it really, really depends. It's, that's really tailored to the individual and the product itself. Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. I think we always start with the word clarity because hmm. we find that most entrepreneurs don't have clarity on who they are or what they do. So, and I really find, I like it's, I'm almost in shock. I can't remember the last time I found somebody who really had absolute clarity on what they do. And I mean, even ourselves, we just went through a clarity exercise in the last few days um, for ourselves to make sure we're still on clarity as well. And we had to fine tune some things. Mm -hmm. So that's good feedback. Does anybody else have a, a differing view or a similar view? Joni, I see your hand up. So <clears throat> I, uh, resilient people bounce forward. I can find my diversity, Mark, being an asset and a liability. So, you know, I've got products in the Enneagram space of personality, the sleep is your superpower space, the resilient people bounce forward space. So being in three different spaces with products below that, um, the liability is that, you know, I haven't got a single brand out in the market. And I found that both exciting and problematic. Yeah, I, I get that. And I think um, what you're experiencing now is that you're at the point in your growth cycle where you maybe are not able to juggle all of those balls anymore. Mm. So, so therefore, you sort of got to look at it and say, do I want to keep all these? Okay, let's assume that you do. Then is one of these better rolled out by somebody else? Can I do a joint venture partnership? Do I need a staff member? All those sort of questions come into it. Um, do I need to join with somebody else doing not quite what I do, but who could add value in an area that, um, and I can add value to them? Those are the great questions that this drives, right? And you're at that point in your cyclic revolution where you're looking to spiral up to the next version of Joni. And that's quite quick in many respects because this version of Joni, in my mind, has been less than a couple of years. So it's a quick spiral. But if you're even asking those questions now, you're, you're almost ready for the next thing. So that's exciting and daunting at the same time because, you know, it's, it's sort of like it's time to put an extra zero on your bottom line. Top line, sorry, not bottom line. That'd be lovely. <laughs> but it's time to put an extra zero on your top line. And when you find you've got these three funnels, as you've got of product lines or service lines, it could be as simple as one of them's the baseline, one of them's a stretch, and one of them's the grand slam product. So the baseline could be churning out Enneagrams, for instance. Stretch could be churning out workshops. The grand slams could be licensing the intellectual property, for instance, you know, just to, to give you an aside. So, yeah, good question. Anybody else? 
Yeah, I'm sort of listening to Philippe and to, to Joni and thinking it's sort of a combination as well, if I look at myself. I mean, my, my main focus a couple of years back was training, standing in front of a class training, that's it. And the training then evolved or it added, I then had an extra leg, which was then started the writing, then the speaking. Um, then now starting to get into a bit of one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I think if I look at, for me, the, the product is probably the same as the leadership. Well, I don't know how you want to look at it, but I mean, I, you could have like a product and offer it in different ways. And I think that's what it is. So That's, also, an, that's but, another way but, of being diverse, Rowan. I mean, yeah, I think also, it's... Also gone. listening to Joni and you're talking about Joni now. I mean, after... The last session I attended in Cape Town, I said that I was going to scale and I have now got myself a virtual assistant and a virtual marketer. So um, taking the advice. <laughs> Very but good. It's, Very it's good. getting to that point where you realize that, I mean, if you want to diversify or you want to grow, you're not going to do it on your own. You can only do so much. So it's just yeah, well, we'll come back space. to... We'll come back to the way you're framing this a little bit later on, because I think I'm going to talk about that. But um, firstly, well done on, on your shifts board. That looks like some people are making some great shifts at the moment. So that's fantastic. And I think to encapsulate what you said, diversity in terms of product and service is not about changing what you do, but changing maybe the way in which you deliver what you do. And that can be diverse as well. Let's move on. It all starts with this word that, you know, you hear from us a lot, with your essence. And Conscious Leadership 101 is not about saving the world. It's about taking the deep journey inside yourself so that you can turn up as the truest, most authentic form of yourself. And in order to do that, you need to really understand your essence. You need to understand what makes you tick, what turns your, your dials? What, what is it about you that you love? And, you know, many of you know that we've been away for the past three months. So as much as I would love to tell you we didn't think about you once, it's not true. Um, you know, you and what we do is always in our thoughts and you know, we're talking about it constantly and coming up with ideas constantly, um, as well as having a great time. And of course, one of the thoughts that I would have is, do I really want to keep doing this? So that's a natural thought. I mean, hands up if you've had that thought, right? So, yeah, exactly. Every single person I can see at the moment nodding or got their hand up. And so for me, that comes back to... Um, the first three words, which is the three words that help you dis discover your essence. And those three words are, if you could do just three things every day for work, right? Because you might choose to do something different, like lying on a beach and getting a suntan and going snorkeling. But um, if you could do just three things for work every day, what would those three things be? I was very clear five or six years ago when Lundy first asked me that question, and I'm no less clear now, and they haven't changed. Um, and I was wondering when I really dug into it if they had changed, but I still want to speak, write, and create. 
So guess what? We're on our webinar at the moment. I'm speaking. So that's good. It's serving my needs on that level. Speak, write, and create. Once I understand that, I can understand parts of my essence. Now I start to bring that together with things that I really love doing. So I love ancient wisdom. I love music. I love aspects of business. I won't say all of business. Um, you know, so they're just some things that I'm thinking of at the moment. So therefore, how can I weave those into understanding me? That's the question. And I think that's what I'm asking you to do. So I guess a good question for you is, are you very clear on your essence or do you need to, um, to do some more work on your essence? Thanks, Stephanie. We're not going to stop doing what we're doing. <laughs> we appreciate you. Thanks. So anybody like to share either via the chat or making your own notes or, or just have a comment? Are you clear with your essence at the moment or do you need to do a little bit more work? Maybe I'll make it simple for you and just go to the chat and I'll ask you, are you clear? And let's see what, uh, what comes up. Great. About half, half so far. Slight leaning to being clear. Okay, very good. Thanks everyone. And uh, you know, those of you that aren't clear, feel free to talk to us about, uh, about that at some stage. Um, yep. Uh, so probably 50 or 60% clear, um, 40 to 50% unclear. And I think, you know, I'm talking to the people that are on this call are very enlightened people. They're people who have done a lot of work on themselves. So if you're listening to this call, don't feel bad if you're not clear on your essence, what makes you up, what gets you going, what, what fires your belly every day. And, you know, it's a... It's a lifelong process that you've got to keep looking at from all different sorts of aspects. Well, you've seen this um, many, many times. What I've got on screen here, folks, is our high-end offer design process. And step four in it is essence. So this is all about how to design products and services. So finding your three words is the starting point and what you can easily do. So just because I may be able to speak, write, and, and create, you know, speaking's pretty easy. Writing's actually a lot of hard work, right? So we've got a few authors on, on, on the, uh, the call here. You know that writing takes a lot of time. When I say hard work, I'm not saying it's not pleasurable. I enjoy it. But uh, it really does take a lot of time. So moving on from that, we come to our demographic. The who. And the maybe, if you think of diversity, there may be other diverse groups around the world that could really benefit from what you do as well. Or haven't you thought of that? Then what is the problem? What keeps them up at three o'clock in the morning? And then let's look at your essence. And you have to build your essence into your product design. Now, Philippe's done this very, very well, I think, with what you're doing, Philippe. Um, in just building in the essence of your spiritual beliefs and your chocolate beliefs and your sky beliefs and and all of those things that I think are built really well into into your products and services. But for those of you that are not feeling as at one with your business as you may want to feel, 
chances are is because you're ignoring some of your essence in what you do. So for me to have an organization that clearly only does business would not be within my essence. It has to do other things for us. It has to not just be about business and money and transactions. That just doesn't work. I think I, I, think I would have retired years ago if I'd, I'd done that. It's, it's the fact that we can share divine wisdom. It's the fact that we can open your third eye with some of the things we say. It's the fact that we can get you to think about the world in greater terms which is the real reason we do this. It's not so you can make more of a profit. It's so you can be more prosperous, which is a totally different word. So I'm not saying you have to go back to the high-end offer design process. You may want to relook at this if you're looking at your products at the moment. And I guess my question would be, when was the last time you looked at this and see if the products you're marketing now actually have been run through this process because if you haven't done it for a while, you probably should do it. We do it um, regularly. But have a look at number four, essence, and make sure that your essence is in your products and services. Let's move on. Why is this important? It's important because last year we started to realize this model. And we've talked about it a, a bit, but for some of you, it's new. So once you understand your essence, then you can start to get some values as it spirals out around your essence. So if you're wondering how important values are, you know, you guys who are live on this call know we got married three months ago. You can go to the, our wedding photos and you'll see uh, in our wedding photos, my wedding jacket, has our values on the back of our my wedding jacket. So it has our family crest on on there are our values of nobility, enrichment, intuition, freedom, and love. We had it stitched into the jacket. That's how important values are to me and to Landy. And it was fascinating because some of her relations at the wedding actually who you know don't do business with us don't really know what we do or anything like that said what's this about and i was able to tell them they were like that's crazy cool and i said well it's just we live our values and what better way to celebrate our union than to celebrate our union in hand in hand with our values now some of you could say it's over the top but then my friend derek sweet has a tattoo of his company name on his shoulder right so I always thought that was over the top. I said, what if you change your brand? He goes, no, I'm never going to stop doing this. It has been 17 years, so I guess he's still going well. So your essence can give you values, and then you need to think long and hard about those values because those values then create boundaries. So because we have a value of enrichment, will we do something that's not going to enrich you and enrich us? that would be a boundary breaker, right? Because we have a value of nobility, are we going to get involved in something that's not noble or we don't feel has a noble cause to it? That would be a boundary breaker, right? So it becomes very easy to say yes and no to things. Now that we have those three things, we can design from those products and services. 
Whereas most of us, when we got into entrepreneurship and we got into business, we came in with a product or a service idea first. So it might have been, oh, well, this was this was me. It was, um, you know, I want to become a speaker and I know a lot about sales and marketing because I was a sales and marketing GM. So I'm going to speak about sales and marketing. Has that got anything to do with my essence, my values or my boundaries? And you can see why I don't even market my first book, even though it was an international bestseller. You know, you won't be able to buy a copy of it online because I've tried to take them all down. If you can, it's in some random bookstore somewhere because it's not how I want to be portrayed. But now that I understand my values are to speak, write and create, sorry, not values, my three words are to speak, write and create. I know my values, values of enrichment, intuition, et cetera, et cetera. And I know what my boundaries are around that. Then does the circle of excellence group have to just provide coaching and training? Absolutely not. That's why you've seen us last year um, do some acquisitions. We've got one other we'll be announcing in a few months and maybe one later this year as well. Um, that's why you see Landy and I sitting on different boards um, because it's enabling us to live out our essence and our values under the banner of Circle of Excellence. But the types of things that we're involved in may be entirely different than what you see us doing because it doesn't matter. So I just want you to think about this. Uh, Philippe says values are fantastic for decision-making. There's, there's no better way to make decisions than to make values-based decisions. So let me finish off because I think what I've just done here is relating back to what Rowan said before, um, which is now that you understand who you are, then there's no boundary on the way in which you can deliver your products. They don't have to be delivered by you. They can be in a box. It doesn't have to be online or they can be all online or it doesn't have to involve you or, it, you know, the it's endless the amount of parameters that you can have to put your, your products and your services together. The key thing here, and it will all go to hell in a high water if you don't have a very strong brand umbrella. So there's no point for leap in, um, in running a design school being a design lecturer, um, having a, a DIY of how you can bring out your own designs, uh, giving high-level design advice to serial entrepreneurs if you don't have a strong brand umbrella. Something to wedge them all underneath. And I love this photo here, if you can see this visually, um, you guys are listening to the call, because it's literally an umbrella with multi-colours in it. And that's what you can have you can have this beautiful multicolored brand umbrella, which by the way, many of you are not ready for yet. So don't get too excited because there's some things you have to do before that. But you can have this based on your essence. And this is just a range of diversity under your brand. Your brand can stand for immense diversity. Here's somebody who's done it to the nth degree. 
Virgin Wines, Virgin Radio, Virgin Bingo. I didn't never heard about that one. Um, Virgin Cars, Virgin Connect, Virgin Digital, Virgin Fuels, Virgin Green Fund, Virgin Nigeria Cargo. I mean, most of these companies I've never heard of, but they're all under Sir Richard's brand umbrella. That may be a little adventurous. And, you know, as much as it's great to look up to some people who have done amazing things with their life, and Richard Branson is no doubt one of those people, um, I, nor do I desire to be Richard Branson or have the amount of headaches that he has as well. I quite like my nice, comfortable life, and many of you are possibly the same. So how can you do this? Well, I wanted to give you an example. Um, Virgin Cola, that's exactly right, Philippe. That was a great one. Um, Virgin, Virgin Betting he had as well at one point there. And, of course, Virgin Trains, which are fantastic. I love first-class Virgin Trains in the UK. But I think one of our clients who's done this really, really well is Liv Conlon. And you may have noticed that uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we spent five days with Liv um, in Playa del Carmen, or actually Puerto Morales in Mexico, um, at, when she became one of our titanium clients, which was already a Circle of Excellence member, but she did the titanium package with us. We had a fantastic, amazing time with her and her, and her mum there. And you know, really, really super smart people already running two million pound businesses a year, um, looking to extend those this year. And we've been really helping refine those. And her number one brand is Stager Boss. And this all came under her original business, which was home staging. And but lives about as passionate as home staging as I am of ironing, right? So not that passionate about home staging anymore. She's done it for, how old is she, 24? She's done it for eight years. So, um, you know, she's not that passionate about that. So that was step one. We had to take home staging away from live the home stager. And so these days that's a fully run business with other offices around the UK. She doesn't spend any time in it, none. That just operates. She spends her time in Stager Boss, which is a women's event primarily, um, which has been run now in the UK and a couple of other places, I think, moving into America in 2023, which is showing women how the, they can get financial freedom by running a home staging business. You can go and check it out. It's an incredibly successful brand, right? Um, they've got events coming up at the moment, but then the next stage of Stage of Boss became Prolific Boss. We're getting her to rebrand that, by the way, So, but that's what it's called at the moment. Prolific Boss is really about now that you own your own business and you're doing really well, how to become prolific so that you can own multiple businesses and build million pound or million dollar incomes. This is what she's doing, and she's done it very, very well with the hashtags and which, with the pink and everything like that, which is all about to change. But um, this has been the first iteration of it. And so if I look at that, what's she done? Well, step one, 
She's locked in her current results, locked in her baseline. Her baseline was home staging. Home staging is dressing up property so that they'll get a better sale price. In order to do that, she had to come off driving around in vans, putting furniture in properties. Some of you have to come off going to one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions or leaving out of your three to four person corporate trainings you're doing or whatever, okay? But you have to lock in that result because that's where your money's coming from. You know, she didn't just suddenly go into her assets and everything like this. She's been investing in property. So she didn't suddenly go and sell properties to, to launch stage a boss or anything. It had to be funded by the, the previous business. And in fact, we just talked her out of getting private equity funding for what she wants to do next. Well, I talked her out. She was already talked out. Helped her agree that it was the right decisions, probably more clear. But your current business should fund your new business. So therefore, you need to stabilize your current business. Maybe you're not the best person to run it. Maybe it's not the best business for you. Maybe it needs to be more diverse. Then decide on a project style type of stretch. So I think Stage of Boss is a great example of a project style um, stretch. It's in the home staging market. She knew it backwards. All she had to do was fill some audiences. There's a lot of work in that. She initially did two in a year. Then it went to four in a year. Then it went to six in a year. Okay. So that was project style. Testing and measuring. She knows her numbers backwards. Trust me, I asked her, right? Probably the best person I've ever met at knowing their numbers outside of myself, right? She can tell you what her cost per click is. She can tell you on average how many dollars get spent at each stage of boss event per person, et cetera, et cetera. So that's testing and measuring. And now it can be rolled out. So we're asking you to roll out stage of boss in the US more broadly and uh, rebranding prolific boss and then rolling that out as the natural upsell to stage a boss as well. So, and that's going to hopefully work really, really well, but it's the next level. So that's what you can do. So Andrew asked this, I just saw this, Andrew, sorry, I'd ignored it. Where are Branson's values exhibited in his brands, Virgin Betting? <laughs> Maybe he likes betting and gambling. Maybe he likes cola. Um, I think his values are, and I don't know them, I think his values are adventure, living life to the fullest, and maximizing and diversifying things. So it's a great question because, you know, is Elon Musk's values aligned with the greater good? Uh, any of our leaders aligned with the greater good? You have to make your own decision for your own business on that. And advocate for the consumer, Joni says. Yeah, absolutely. So true. So let's, let's stop the share now. And I'm interested in just getting some feedback generally from you. We started talking about a new type of diversity. And a new type of diversity doesn't mean any more races on the planet or any more religions or anything like that. Although a new church starts every day. So there's always somebody trying to start something new. So there's ways and means for every, everybody. 
If you live in Australia, as you do, Philippe, I'm told, I haven't seen it, that the census now gives you 17 different types of sex that you can be, right? So that's what it is. Philippe's shaking his head. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but there's certainly a lot more than just being male or female these days, which, of course, if you're Spanish or French, mucks up the whole language. So they'll, they'll have to look at that one as well. So it's more than that. Diversity is more than that. Now, diversity is about taking the inside of you and allowing you to shine in your most beautiful expression of yourself through your products and services to the world. You became an entrepreneur for reasons like you wanted to be more independent. You wanted to not have a cap on your income. You wanted to show the world your greatness. You wanted to prove to yourself, your family and your friends that you could do something. Well, your diversity, your inner diversity is what can take you and make that happen. And it's far more exciting than doing a business plan or anything like that. But it has to start with in, internally understanding your essence. Let's go for a few minutes to the, to the chat or see if anybody here has anything that they would like to share. See if there are any hands up. Hi, Dave. Nice to have you on the call. So I'm getting a no for that. So let me ask you a final question before we say good, goodbye to this call. What have you learned from the time that you spent this morning? What have you learned from the time that you spent this morning? Feel free to go to the chat or raise your hand and give me some, some input. One of the things we're doing just while I'm waiting for people to go to the chat is that um, this year is we're definitely asking for more feedback on what you would like. And uh, Chris has taken that into consideration for the first half of the year. We've got a lot of different uh, types of presenters happening in the first half of the year. We're going to change a couple of the things, the way we're doing things as well. So stay tuned for that. So you'll see lots of different things. Let me go up to the top here. Um, when one, Philippe says, when one has international experience, we embody diversity, I guess. Uh, absolutely very true. The more international experience, the more diverse you can have that, the better it is. There's no doubt about that. Um, Andrew, I need to relook at the high end offer process. Great. That's great feedback. Rowan, just reinforce that it starts with your essence and moves from there. Great. Philippe, diversity is bigger than what's advertised these days. How true is that? And I think that's one of my messages I want to give you as well is diversity is really undersold. Uh, Chris, very informative information. Thank you. Joni, focus on baseline to stretch to Grand Slam. I need to work out the how. Um, focus on the why and the what. Diane, time to think bigger, time to really search your essence. Uh, Stephanie, stay with my essence. Elry, retract, regroup back to essence. And Philip, think about multidimensional rather than just being a specialist. Great feedback, folks. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I wish you uh, all the best of days and uh, we'll talk to you or see you very soon. All the best. Bye.